This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, AbstractOcean.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Well, everyone, it's time for another podcast, Tesla Owners Online. This episode 111, 111. For January 6th, 2022. Yes, we're back, baby. We haven't done this in a while, but we figured, you know what, let's kick off 2022. There's so much to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, Giga Texas. We're going to talk about some new features coming to the 3 and the Y. And um, GM has announced uh, an EV pickup truck. So anyways, I'm going to cover all that stuff. But first, I want to say hi to my co-hosts, Ian and Eric. How have you guys been? Excellent. Excellent. Don't have the COVID, so I'm very happy. <laughs> That's all I wanted for Christmas, and I got it. I, I noticed that the calendar does say that it's 2022, but I was confused at first if it was 2020, T-O-O, or like kind of like Rambo part two. Like, I, I didn't know what it was, and now I realized it actually is 2022. And I'm like, all right, but it still feels like 2021 and 2020. So now you're just confusing you know, me. Yeah, it's it's a lot right now. It's 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 a new year, but things don't feel all that new. But you know what? We're here. We're it's like old times, right? Like this is as if we're doing the first podcast. Yeah, it's always fun. Um, <clears throat> speaking of which, if uh, <clears throat> if I cough or wheeze or anything like that during the show, um, yeah, after twenty two months of being safe and keeping everybody away, um, I think my wife managed. <laughs> my wife and I managed to catch it, so we're on the recovery. So, yeah, this Omicron thing is no joke. It's been going around. Mm. So, yeah, I apologize if I cough. I'm going to try and mute myself if that happens. But anyways, we've got so much to talk about. I thought we'd start off very quickly and just talk about um, Tesla's fourth quarter numbers from 2021, which have been, like, fantastic. Um, As always, this is not the show for us to be talking about financials because it's not our thing. But we thought we'd give you guys a quick update. So anyways, uh, based on Tesla's, let me bring up the website here so everybody can follow along here. Here's the press release found at ir.tesla.com. You might want to bookmark that for any future um, press releases that Tesla comes out. So anyways, they said in the fourth quarter, we achieved production of more than 305,000 vehicles and deliveries of over 308,000 vehicles. In 2021, we delivered over 936,000 vehicles. Uh, The discrepancy between 305 and 308,000 vehicles is usually carryover from the last um, uh, quarter. So from the third quarter into the fourth quarter, they had about 3,000 cars they didn't deliver. So those were counted. So the total numbers here between uh, Model S and X, they don't break them down here. But they uh, produced 13,109 cars, delivered 11,750. Uh, three and Y, those are the ones paying the bills, right? Uh, they produced 292,731, delivered 296,850. So there's your totals, 305,840 produced and delivers uh, deliveries of 308,600 cars. So those two cars, like I said, are really carrying. Uh, you know, if you think about it, S and Y or S and X right now, uh, not a lot of numbers because they, they haven't been producing them for very long. They've been waiting, uh, what was it, about a year before they actually introduced the refreshes. Matter of fact, if you go to the website right now and try to order one, you're not seeing it till 2023. So obviously that car is uh, either having production problems or they're just like off to the sides, not that interesting. Um, Totals for 2021, S and X, again, produced 24,390 cars, delivered just under 25,000 at 24,964. So obviously, not very big numbers. Everything's carried on the back of 3 and Y. So produced uh, 
three and Y, 906,032 cars and delivered 911, 208 cars. So he's just shy of a million cars for Tesla. And this is before two new factories are coming online, right? We have Giga Berlin and Giga Texas. So uh, yeah, I think 2022, if those, uh, those factories can ramp up fairly quickly, I'm, I'm not expecting those factories to ramp up quite as quickly as uh, Shanghai did. But uh, we'll see. Any thoughts on this before we move on to the, the cool stuff? Well, I think the most incredible thing is, for the first time I can recall, there was no absolute mad crazy end of fourth quarter push. Uh, I think Elon even came out and said, like, you know, let's not go completely over the top here and try and jam everything out. Uh, he says it's very inefficient. Well, you know, people are going to be standing around in the stores and the delivery centers with nothing to do for the first two weeks of January. Why, why, you know, screw it up like that? So if if that's true and there really wasn't this mad rush at a lot of the delivery centers, then even more incredible that they achieve these numbers. Yeah, the those are logistics problems that are mostly a geographical issue because they only have really two factories. Shanghai has actually become the, the major export hub for Tesla now. So with the two new factories coming online, I think the logistics are really smooth themselves out, but it's been painful for all these years. So if it's true, actually it's uh, it's good news. So I mean, I'm just I'm just amazed in looking at the figures for Model 3 and for Model Y. Like, I, I understand that, you know, production for S and X wasn't really going on for quite some time because of the uh, the delays in getting the uh, the new trims uh, out there. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, I mean, the fact that for year to date uh, for 2021, they had less than 25,000 deliveries of S and X. Uh, and that accounts for whoever many, you know, were sitting on the lot in different locations around the country. Uh, that predated, uh, you know, the redesign, it still matters. Like, they could easily hit a million cars delivered with only two of their four vehicles. Yeah. Like, that's just astounding numbers that two of their cars uh, could do that. And Model Y, I think, has been, I, I think, at least I think, uh, we've understated just how overwhelmingly successful the Y has been for Tesla. Um, you know, I, I find that the vehicle market here in the U.S. specifically is also very unique in terms of like the different sizes for SUVs and the different size for passenger cars and, you know, what the market demands at different times. Um, it's kind of like denim jeans, like our bell bottoms back in style or not. And what do we talk our acid wash jeans back in style? But Tesla realizes that they wanted to strike that iron while it was hot. And man, has it been hot. And for that vehicle, to, for both of them, but specifically the Y, to have had as much success as it had as quickly as it did when Model 3 was just notorious for such a slow start to get going. And Model Y just seems like, bam, it's it just produced. hit the ground running, right? I mean, it was just zooming out of there in terms of numbers. And the fact that they met the demand for that vehicle as fast as they have, uh, that orders aren't taking, you know, a year and a half, like three did in the beginning. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, a lot of it could be attributed to what they learned from their time with Model 3 for those few years they had it with the reservations and everything. For sure. But man, oh man, this this is probably their best success story to date outside of the initial Roadster and Model S when they were basically testing the waters and seeing how that would work. Oh, absolutely. Model Y is going to eclipse Model 3. Absolutely. In terms of sales, I mean, it's a runaway hit. I mean, I know a lot of people early in the days were saying like, why didn't Tesla do an SUV or a CUV first? And I don't have an answer to that, but obviously it's it's a runaway success. I mean, it just shows, you know, in North America, 
we still like the crossovers. I, you can't call it an SUV. It's a, it's it's really a crossover if you think about it that way. It's a smaller one. So much so that um, I've decided that um, I think it's time for me to get one. So you I placed pulled the an trigger. Order. Did you not? Well, yeah. I, I I did, but like I said, it's it's uh, it's predicated on me selling the Model Three because that's I have all my capital tied up in that. So that that car has to go up first. Um, you know, I talked about it with uh, with my wife, and uh, surprisingly, she didn't put up um, an argument. She likes to remind me how much she misses the Model X. So I think uh, going to a Model Y satisfies that 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 whole thing. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I don't think the Cybertruck's going to be ready for us in time and stuff. So you know, it's like okay, fine, let's just do this, and then when the truck arrives, then we can make a decision at that point: do we flip it or? keep it for a little longer and stuff so we'll see but uh yeah uh, every time i see a y and there's and there's so many of them it's just like oh i could use just use that little bit more space and and it always reminds me again you know over the christmas holidays you know and i did a tweet about this and of course i had to run it <clears throat> past her because she gets upset but um our ability to stuff a car uh, full of things is directly proportional to the amount of space that the vehicle actually has so for us, getting a bigger car just means we can just bring that much more stuff. We have a running joke, right? Bev won't go anywhere unless she brings pots and pans and, you know. Well, to, to Eric's point, as a society, this is why North America is unique and is obsessed with these large volume vehicles because <laughs> oh we God. all want to travel with half our house with us, you know, like. No doubt. It's really quite remarkable. I mean, the Europeans look at us, uh, the Asia, everywhere else go, my God. You well, you know what? Like, what? It's funny, though, because it? it's the, the phenomenon is catching up over there, too. They all want bit, the why as well. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the status vehicles now on, on any continent, any country you can point to are all, you know, the large luxury SUVs. That's 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 what the players are rolling. You know, that seems to be the hot ticket. So, I mean, I will tell you that I'm going, uh, uh, depending upon when this podcast drops, which I think will be on Friday, Yeah. Um, on Saturday... Uh, the 8th of January, I will be at Lake Buena Vista in Central Florida, uh, running the Disney Half Marathon that day. Oh, really? And as someone who has, if we're just leaving on the day Friday, we're just going to go up there, pick up our bibs and whatnot, and then run the race on Saturday morning, then come home Saturday night. Um, I tend to pack very light for trips whenever I can. So like I've, I recently came back from a trip in Chicago back in December when it was you know in the 20s and 30s. In Chicago, and I packed an overnight, uh, I should say, like a carry-on bag for an, air, for an airline, and that's it. That's all I needed in my computer. Yeah, you're like me. Uh, right. I just I, I want to pack light yeah. so I can quickly get in and get out. And so for like this trip we're taking this weekend for uh, Central Florida, it's literally like um, almost like a beach-sized bag, like what you take for like just kind of putting in a beach towel and just like hitting and going. Yeah. Um. It. That's it. I need literally a pair of shoes, um, change of clothes, my running outfit. And then like a toothbrush. Like I, I don't need tons of stuff. Um, I, think, I think that's a man so. thing. I just, yeah. you know what? I, I will tell you that I know that I'm very unique when it comes to travel. Uh, there are certainly people I know that like to travel light when they can, like for cruises and air flights and stuff like that. But I just feel like in general, either where I'm going has stuff that I can easily get. Like most hotels provide certain uh, hygienic products. So you don't need to always carry your shampoo with you. Uh, and if you're sensitive to well, I've colored my hair or I have to have a certain, I have to have that purple shampoo or whatever it is. Okay, I understand that. But you don't need to bring your Costco-sized container with you everywhere <laughs> you go. And I think when you have a vehicle, like you and Beverly have traveled by car many a times, uh, both to the U.S. and just around Canada, you know, that gives you the affordability of, well, we have the space, might as well use it. Why don't bring stuff that we have? 
that then leads into the problem of, well, what can't we bring, right? At least <laughs> yeah, start thinking about yeah, probably what is. you know. What should stay behind? Should we bring the love seat? Do we need to bring that? Or should that? Are we gonna have yeah. enough seating where we go? Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I generally just like can I just I want to be able to get in and get out. I want to pack as light as I can. If I can have one bag, awesome. If I have to bring two, it's because the something fragile has to go in this other one, or I'm gonna buy things that I need to pack in that extra space. But like. Yeah, I, I just I try to pack light as often <laughs> and everywhere I can, just because yeah, I don't want to have to deal with it. I always tell you, this isn't the Wild West. It's not like we need to bring everything with the truck wagons, guys. I mean, if we need something, we go to Costco. Oh my gosh! All right, well, let's move on here. I think it segues into our discussion here um, about. Uh, Giga Texas. Now, Giga Texas, uh, uh, we're not going to talk about Giga Berlin because that thing is still in a quagmire of uh, waiting mm. for approval with paperwork and stuff. But funny how that works. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, Germany, we love you guys, but come on. Um, so, Joe Tegmeyer, if you don't know him, you can follow him on Twitter. He has a wonderful YouTube channel uh, where he flies his drone on a daily basis uh, at Giga Texas to follow what's going on. On uh, December 31st, he tweeted, uh, breaking, I have a bit of a news that I just heard at the site today. He hears news, of course, because he talks to some of the workers. Actual production for Giga Texas starts next week, talking about this week. Uh, they are driving finished cars inside the factory already. Meh, no surprise there, because it's mostly empty. And uh, several completed cars have already at, are, are, are already at testing sites out of state, getting crash and other testing completed. Um this has been a rumor that's been going around uh, a little bit more this week. Um, obviously, today is Thursday when we record. Chances are, if it does happen, it gets formally announced. Uh, it could be as early as tomorrow. Personally, I have a feeling if they're going to announce something, they will probably wait to the end of the month when they have their earnings call, because that's typically what they put in the letter. But it would not surprise me at all that production would begin uh, in earnest, at least pre-production on these cars, because I've been watching the videos just as much as anybody else. And um, they're, if, if you look at what they're doing right now, they're trying to get all of the uh, parts of the factory where they need, need to get stuff in and out, like in terms of transportation and parts and parking the cars, they're trying to get that as finished as fast as possible. So what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, is this gonna happen? <sighs> my <laughs> my sensibility. Well, yeah. my my sensibilities are this. Um, I, so I I see this as really a, a double sided coin. One side wants me to be excited because for a lot of people here in the U.S., um, if they're able to get that production um, really up and running in a matter of months uh, to the levels where they're going to start doing earnest numbers and deliveries, that's great. Um, you know, and ideally, you know, they've they've really built that factory very very quickly, but. You know, being able to lay the groundwork, put the foundation, build the structure for a factory like that, because there's a lot of empty space, as you noted. It's just very voluminous, uh, voluminous, but it's also just a lot of empty space uh, to fill with machinery and whatnot. Um, but it would be it'd be really great um, to have them do it as fast as you know, say China by comparison, right? But the other side is, what's the rush? Um, I mean, we're we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, there's obviously going to still be some issues with getting production to the level where they're actually delivering high numbers out of that factory every month. Um, there may be still things you're trying to figure out with Fremont and, as you're saying, Berlin, trying to get that up and going. So it's I think there is a lot of balls in the air right now with Tesla uh, as far as their factories are concerned. 
And I think that the energy and the emphasis of which um, Giga Texas has been um, kind of put in the forefront and how much incessant tracking there is of every damn move that happens there. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm just like, can we just slow down a tad? Like the excitement, like I said, it's two-sided. There's an excitement and I'm, and I'm supportive of those who want to feel that and share that, which is great. Uh, hopefully a lot of good jobs are coming there and stuff like that. I just said like in the, in the time that we're in, part of me says we can also pause and slow down and just pace it because there's still a lot we have to overcome to make it a viable success uh, in the months ahead. Two things. One, Elon is not a patient man. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and two, uh, there's a huge backlog of Model Y. Like when I placed the order for mine, yeah. uh, it's uh, six months. And uh, that's if I'm yeah. lucky. Now, I kind of timed it in such a way because I would really, quite honestly, I would like to get a vehicle, not one of the first ones, but something out of that factory. There's just something about this factory that just, it, it just, uh, obviously it's newer. Um, I, I, if you talk to anybody who's seen the China made cars in the Giga Shanghai, the quality's really good compared to you know, Fremont. I, and I don't want to knock Fremont in a sense, but uh, you know, Fremont's an older factory. There's, uh, you know, it's it's different. There's just something about this factory just that just, from a production aspect, it takes a lot of the learnings from Shanghai, which took a lot of the learnings, obviously, from Fremont on how to do things the right way. So I have high hopes that the vehicles, after a few months of them getting their issues sorted out, I always tell people, don't buy a Tesla. Wait at, wait at least six months for them to get their issues sorted out. Um, but I think long term, I think Giga Texas is going to be Tesla's crown jewel in a lot of ways. Mm. Now, the, the factory is huge. It's almost 9 million square feet. That's on four different floors in some, some places. So obviously right now, the push is to get Model Y going on it, and they're going to build future cars out of there. We know the Cybertruck, potentially even Model 3 out of there, maybe some other cars as well. Um, so yes, you know when we say that it's mostly empty right now, they can drive cars inside. That's because the rest of the cars aren't ready for the production line at this point. So anyways, I have high hopes uh, that this is going to be an excellent factory. Um, and for those of you who are waiting for cars, I, I have a feeling if you're willing to be patient and not trying to rush to get one of the first ones off the production line, I think you're going to get something that's quite good. The other thing, too, they have to keep in mind, and uh, hopefully we'll find out a little bit more at the earnings call, is where do we stand with this version of the Model Y? Because, you know, Tesla's been talking a lot about this new structural battery pack, and the first car to get this in terms of a production car is the Model Y. Um, and there's also been some discussions online, like, do they start Model Y production at Giga Texas with the 2170 pack, or do they go straight to the structural pack? Now, my personal opinion is based on observations, not inside information, but from what I've seen from the, dry, the, the drone flyovers, from photographs that we've seen, uh, from earnings calls, because they always put photographs of the, of the factories, I haven't seen a single Model Y body um, that is not a structural car. And when I say that is because the structural cars don't have a floor in it, right? If you remember what they showed yeah, at Brandenburg. They're all empty bottoms. Yeah. yeah, they're all installed from the bottom up, including the seats and the whole job. So to me, it just makes from a, a sense, not only from, I, I think if you look at it from the way uh, Tesla's trying to do it these days, which is trying to be very capital capital responsible in terms of how they spend their money, why would you build a production line to build bodies in white that have a floor, including all the 
crap that they have to do. Because the other thing too is that when you build a body like that, you can't do a structural battery or um, you can't do casting in the front. If you look at the Brandenburg cars, uh, 2170 cars have their traditional front end. They have the casting in the back. The structural ones have a structure, uh, uh, a casting in the front, a casting in the back. Those are different robots, different processes, different all of that other stuff. So why would you spend money twice? Why would you spend money on a production line to build cars the old-fashioned way just to rip it all out potentially and build it this way? My personal opinion is that what, what Tesla could do is start producing very quietly uh, structural battery packs, uh, 4680 cells and all this stuff. That's the other thing too. Elon said that uh, Kato Road has the ability to supply uh, cells to Gigafactory to get them going. They are installing 4680 uh, cell production equipment right now at Gigafactory in Texas. So whether they can flip that switch and start building cells right now, I don't think so. But Cato Road has been building and we know that they can supply that. So my personal opinion remains to be seen, but they start very quietly. Maybe they start making the the, um, the performance model-wise out of that factory. Lower volume, right? Get less cells. You sell less of those cars. Maybe you make those with the structural battery pack first. And then you slowly ramp up. And then when you're ready, then you start introducing more variants. And eventually, my 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 thinking here is that when Giga Texas gets up to a, a sustainable volume with Model Y, then they can actually back off at Fremont a little bit so they can do some upgrades. All right, that factory needs some upgrades on the Model Y production line. So, you know, you can't just stop one and then have the other one going, right? They got to get it, you know, it has to be a balance. Anyways, those are my thoughts. What do you guys, you, any thoughts on that? Or? I'm 100% on board with that. I think it's so? the only thing to me makes any sense. Why would you build a tooling that's going to be obsolete in six months? You know, it's, if they were in some dire situation where, you know, Fremont had a problem and they had to do it that way to keep the, uh, the Y in production in North America, okay. But that's not, that's not the case. They're, they're churning out certainly enough of them, not enough to meet demand. Uh, to both your points, we, we know there's a long waiting list for it. But uh, I think that's going to be the driver in terms of how quick it ramps is all about the 4680s because for sure, for sure, for sure, they're going to start cranking them out from day one with structural packs. So how fast can they ramp that, you know, without running into problems? Because to me, this is like gearing up the 2170s all over again, you know, like in, and a little more complex because this is an even weirder cell. Like we've never really seen anything like this, right? Yeah. So, you know. I would, I would add to that uh, a couple of things. One, tongue-in-cheek, they're selling a belt buckle for $150. So to talk about a <laughs> shortfall in money, let's, let's, they have a windfall if they're charging $150 for a belt buckle. Yeah. The hell with that. Um, but, uh, and Tesla Kilo, like, uh, the, the novelty things that Tesla does to actually get um, these marketing things out where, like, they can make a buku amount of money with something that's insanely stupid. It's just astounding to me how people buy into that, but whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be, I could be like at the swap shop in Margate and I'd still be like, how much is that? $10? No, I'll pass. Um, I think the, the other thing to consider too is, and we've talked about this offline amongst ourselves, which is supply chain issues. And this kind of alludes to what I mentioned before about the pandemic and all the issues that uh, propagate out of that, which is we we still don't know in the short and long-term outlook, whether it be 90 days from now or really a year from now, we don't know, obviously, um, if there's any uh, hiccups uh, in terms of production ramp up, if there's going to be any kind of regulation issues that come into front, um, if there's going to be um, some kind of a OSHA review that has to take longer than expected. Um, obviously, we still don't know how they're going to staff the place, if there's a lot of COVID issues going around. Um, and like I said, there could be some major supply chain issues. So 
I think what they're doing is they're laying the foundation now for that when things begin to sort of level off and there is really no grave concerns um, in whatever time frame that they're expecting, that they can confidently say, this is our projection for this quarter or for this half of the year, and then you know come close to meeting, if not exceeding those figures. I just think that the six-month wait you're talking about, it would not surprise me at all if three months from now that gets bumped. It just would not surprise me. I just think there's so many things we do not yet know um, that aspirations and hope are fantastic. They're meaningless in the end uh, if you can't meet the deadlines. And we know that Tesla is always moving that deadline. Elon is great for two weeks and then two weeks come and it's it's kind of like, I've been at this restaurant waiting for dinner for an hour. Where, where, is, where's the server? Is, am I going to be served? What and I just feel like that's an ongoing thing. So again, I'm not trying to disparage anything they're doing. This is all really positive news um, as it stands because uh, it is leading to this conversation in the hope that things will be you know, speeding up pretty quickly. But again, there's a lot of things that is out of Tesla's control and we do not know how it's going to affect their production. Yeah, I have high hopes, um, however, with with Texas to get ramped up pretty quickly because they, they did it in China um, uh, very quickly. They were able to bring up the Model Y. So, uh, you know, pandemic issues, supply chain issues aside, I, I have high confidence that they will get that up and running fairly quickly. Um, as to your point about uh, shifting times for estimated deliveries, yeah, mine says the July, but this is not my first rodeo. Now, I'm fully expecting that to change either way. Uh, but like I said, it's no skin off my back. I still have a car. I don't care. Even if my car sells and I have to wait six months, it's not the end of the world. we got another car we can use. So it, it's not that big of a deal to me, but I am expecting changes to happen. Um, however, I also have to come to grips with the thought that if I get a call in three months and say, your car is ready, um, I'm going to be looking very closely at the VIN. And if it doesn't say Texas, I may delay. <laughs> so we'll see what transpires. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of Model Y, let's uh, let's move on here a little bit, and I want to show you guys something. And um, I meant to talk about this on the last show, but uh, we just didn't have enough time. But anyways, uh, in the refresh twenty twenty two cars. Uh, this is a document that was leaked out of the Netherlands uh, because their cars are coming from uh, Shanghai. Shows a number of improvements on the threes and the Ys coming. So uh, let's just go down this list very quickly. I'm not going to read every single line on here. But anyways, adding a new infotainment computer. We know that's happened because they're shipping Ys and 3s now with the uh, with the AMD Ryzen processor, which is really fast. I, I was looking at some videos online. It's about seven times faster uh, than the Intel Atom uh, chips that they've been shipping since uh, 2017. So this is this is remarkable. Um, they're adding the low voltage lithium ion battery. So they're replacing the old 12 volt lead acid battery with lithium ion, the same type they put into the uh, refresh model S and X. So that's really good. Um, they're adding rear door laminated glass. So not only the Ys get the front glass that are laminated, but the rear ones as well. We haven't seen those show up in North America yet, so we don't know whether that's happening, but that's definitely on the list. Um, they're adding an interior cabin radar for Model Y, adding a new connectivity card, not specified, could be for 5G connectivity, we don't know. Adding new glass components, uh, adding a super horn, a three-in-one horn alarm and speaker. So I don't know what this uh, means. They could be combining um, That's what it sounds like, yeah. yeah. Uh, a variety, uh, because they have the pedestrian warning system and traditional horns, so they could be um, 
you know, putting things together with that. Let's see here. What else are updating windshield washer fluid pump? Okay, big deal. Changes to the seat mechanism. Blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see here. Was there something else? Updating UI, new format based on refresh SNX. Obviously, that happened. Version 11. We'll talk about that later here in the show. There is one or two other items that did not show up in this list, and I want to bring up an article from our friends here at Drive Canada Tesla. Darren has the best content, if you ask me. Drive Tesla Canada. Drive Tesla Canada. Awesome. Uh, heated wipers, possibly coming soon to the Tesla Model Y, uh, 3-in-Y in China. Again, Tesla introduces all new features in Shanghai for some reason. We asked Sandy Monroe about that at dinner. He said, just makes sense. Free, uh, Fremont just doesn't have the capability to do it. That's his opinion. I don't know. Anyways, um, so the article goes and says, uh, a feature that used to be exclusive to the Model S is about to make its way into the 2022 Y and 3 in China, heated wipers. Now, <clears throat> you have to be careful here when you say heated wipers. The wipers themselves are not heated. It is a heating element down along the bottom part of the windshield, um, similar to heated lines that you have on the back window, and that helps melt the area so that uh, windshield wipers don't stick. Eric wouldn't know about that, but we do. Um, take offense to your insinuation that I don't know cold weather stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least offense. not for the last few years, anyways. We know you've well, enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, I don't have snow tires. I've never had snow tires, but I also know to avoid the winter like the plague. Yes, I know. So, uh, anyways. So, anyways, uh, these guys had spoken to uh, Tesla owners of, uh, of MA, is that Massachusetts? Uh, they were uh, told that the picture came from a source that works in Tesla, China. According to the source, Tesla is testing the new features on manufacturing units. The heated wipers have not made it into production yet, but soon will be. Now, just to confirm this, uh, this was also confirmed by our friend Green the Only, who uh, gets a hold of all of the uh, firmware updates and decompiles them, has a look. He says he's also confirmed it in the firmware. So that's a feature that uh, I think a lot of us are looking forward to. There's been another one too, another one article, of course, from our friends at uh, Drive Canada Tesla. Drive Drive Tesla Canada. I got to get that straight. Drive Canada. <laughs> drive Tesla Canada. Drive Tesla Canada. Thank you. Sorry, Darren. We love you, man. Uh, Tesla owner's manual and the Model Y hints at ventilated seats possibly coming. Again, a little controversial because the graphics have been out there. Anyways, it was hat tip to uh, Peters underscore Model Y on Reddit who found this. Um, anyways, there's a graphic here that shows uh, what really shows to be the um, the HVAC settings, of course, in V11 when you tap on it, showing that there's a button for cooling. So there's a good possibility we may see this. Again, would show up in China first, and eventually within a few weeks to a month, might show up in North America. These are a number of features that Tesla has been uh, upgrading on the Model Y. Uh, Bioweapon defense mode, that showed up on the Model Y. Model 3 doesn't have that. I don't think there's enough room in that for, for that car. So there's been a number of upgrades that they've been shoving into this uh, Model Y, uh, which I think is, is is good for people that want that car. Any thoughts on this, guys? Yeah, I'm going to take issue with the idea that the seats might actually be ventilated. The fact that they're cooled does not absolutely guarantee that they're going to be ventilated, right? Because ventilated means you're actually blowing air through the seat. And we've seen that on a lot of luxury vehicles. I suspect what they're going to do is they're going to go to this new type of element that can both, it's, it's an electrical element that mm -hmm. can both see a, serve as a heater and a cooler. Oh, nice. I know Cor Corbin does that on their motorcycle seats. It's a new thing that came out in the last couple of years where you can have the option of the same elements inside run one way, generate heat, and then you can reverse them to actually cool the seat off. So I'm thinking 
maybe that's what they're going to do here. It's a much less expensive option because actually blowing air through the seats. Well, that makes sense. That'd be pretty cool. See, my Model and X, I had... Don't vent- have to change the seat. I, uh, so I have had two cars with ventilated seats. Uh, I had a 2015 uh, Lincoln uh, that had cooled seats. Um, hardly ever used them. Heated seats, bonus, but no, I didn't really use the cooling fun. And uh, the Model X, but the Model X had ventilated seats. And I'll tell you, it was pathetic. I never used them because it just never worked. So if they're going to introduce something different, I would hope that it actually works this time around. I haven't sat and used the cooled seats uh, in the new Model S refresh because that was something that was exclusive to the S and the X for a while. And then Tesla took it away. And then they've just reintroduced it on the uh, on the refresh car. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I get a chance to check that out and see if it's actually. Any I didn't. Better. I didn't notice actually, I, and I just gotten the the refresh uh, plaid there before the holidays. Mm-hmm. Are they ventilated in the plaid or um, in the new refresh or not? I think it says cooled. I have to look at the user's manuals, but yes, they are. They do have a cooling well, function. See, I, I got a funny feeling. I looked at those seats and they didn't look ventilated. I could be wrong. Uh, they're but, perforated. Uh, they have the perforation. Uh, do they? Okay. So then they might but, be the old are, But are they using fans like the Model X used mm-hmm. to, or are they using some kind of cooling element? If I yeah. Yeah. Now, it's been years now, but I think the Lincoln had a, I think they were tapping part of the AC system into them. Excuse me. <coughs> Yeah, it, traditionally it's it's been some sort of a ventilation system that's used. But I'm I'm thinking just in order to to be able to reuse the same seat covers and everything else and not change the seat more than necessary, they might use a, a purely electrical system. We'll see. What I find interesting is when three first came out, and people were seeing we were leaking the designs of the car and we were seeing some images and stuff like that, and then we saw the schematics and and the different configs. One thing was very clear with SNX at the time compared to three was three was a very streamlined car, less moving parts, less components, less wiring designed to basically be built faster, built efficiently and get them on the road. And I think there's been a transition backwards closer to SNX nowadays where we're adding a lot more um, feature comforts and other really kind of cool things. The heat pump being a good example of that. Uh, We're just going to keep adding more and more and more. And I'm like, is it is there a need for that? Like, is there a market demand for it? Because the sell, the numbers for the cars we talked about at the beginning of the show, the numbers are astronomically great. So why why the need to all of a sudden have to keep improving a car that you intentionally designed to be simpler for assembly? I, it just it's I'm not critiquing it. It's just more of a, I'm just curious to know when and why that happened uh, when that was by design to be what it was in the I, beginning. I understand. I, I want to make two points about that. One of them is that. Um, Model 3 is not as cheap as it used to be. Um, prices have increased, obviously. And I think, um, you know, Tesla just wants to add more value to the car. Um, you know, and there's more competition on the market now. So you get more cars now. Uh, like Hyundai, um, Kia and Hyundai are, are notorious for introducing uh, things that are typically found on more luxurious cars. And, and they bring them down to the market. Ian knows this. He, he deals with them all the time. So I think uh, Tesla's looking at it and saying, we have to add more value into the car no, long term because you, you got to make it compelling. If it stays the same all the time, it gets a little moribund, so to speak, right? So adding things like the heat pump, that's great because it increases the efficiency of the car like 20% just like that overnight. That's great. Adding all the other features is is excellent. Um, in due time, we're going to see things like updated seats. They've already updated the seats like twice in the car. Oh, that's the other thing too that was on this list I forgot. There's some better bolstering coming for the seats in the Model Y as well. So obviously they're making changes all the time. I welcome this stuff. Whether they add more toys just for the sake of adding toys, yeah, you know, we can make an argument as to whether that's valuable or not. But 
mm-hmm. if if they're going to add some value to the car, um, I, I welcome it. I, I think it's, I mean, bioweapon defense mode, <laughs> take it or leave it as far as I'm concerned because I don't live in, a, <laughs> in an area like... You know, we don't have fires and stuff over here, so it's, it's not that big of a deal. Or oh, you mean the toxic not. dump where I live yeah. is what you're saying? Okay, <laughs> yeah, Trev, give it, give it five years. <laughs> well, you know, we'll be, we'll be wanting that. Or, or these YouTube people selling their farts in a can. You know, I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. So. <laughs> we're going there again. Yeah, huh? yeah, I there. know. We were talking about this before the show. So I don't know. Personally, I, 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 I welcome yeah. it. Um, and and I know a lot of people out there are looking at the Model Three. Especially with the price increases, Model Y. Look at the price increase, and they're going, "My God, you're you're spending this much for this car." And then I'm looking at the competition, I'm like, oh, "Has all this other stuff, you know?" So I, I think they have to be competitive in in some respects. They don't have to be, you know, dollar for dollar and you know, check mark for check mark to be exactly the same as everybody else. But you, but you have to be competitive, you know. Well, think about think about the uh, the gentleman who has the Model S that's now eclipsed 1.5 million that's kilometers, right. and having that car that age, knowing what it was at that time, and seeing what the cars have been since then, and looking at another owner and be like, I mean, I'm hitting milestones here, but damn, is that car not nice, right? <laughs> like just the envy of having that newer thing because it's shiny and gorgeous and nice. Yeah, I'm going to bring up the tweet just so everybody understands what um, Eric was talking about because uh, there's a gentleman. You guys keep talking here. I'm going to find the tweet and I'll bring it up so everybody can see. Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're going with that, uh, Trev. And, you know, something that is an interesting counterpoint to it and because you're right, uh, Eric, they've added a lot of stuff to the vehicles, you know, like the power operated trunk and, you know, now they're going to have all the features that we just looked at. But mm-hmm. we must forget that they've been making great efforts to simplify the cars at the same time. Like the chassis construction has been simplified. Yeah. There's obviously cost and weight savings there. Um, they've done stuff like we just saw that new three in one speaker where they're going to be able to eliminate the horns, um, which is cool. Um, they dropped the radar, right? You know, on, on new vehicles, the uh, uh, that's the controversial. Gonna, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, I know, I I consider it <clears throat> controversial, but I mean, they're they're looking at areas, you know, for everything they're adding, it looks like they're taking stuff that is unnecessary or is uh, is, is is duplication elsewhere. Well, they also so. they also stopped selling silver paint. They also stopped mm-hmm. offering the rear wheel single uh, motor. I mean, it's just it's strange that the things that were, I think, successes for them. They said, no, we're not going to do that anymore, which caused a lot of uproar. And then it's like, well, we're only going to offer these configs and that's it. But now they keep doing more to improve it. I'm like, well, then then why, why don't you go like well, retro and bring back. back some old stuff? Well, I, I think they're showing some improvement in terms of efficiency. You know, they can add these features. I mean, obviously, they haven't changed the paint. And we know there's new three paint colors, at least coming to Germany, uh, to Berlin, and hopefully to Texas yeah, sure. as well. Um so I I think to me that would be one of the simplest things to do is introduce them. But new I do I do wonder though, like if because my 2018 Model Three, I do wonder, are the newest Model Threes more efficient than mine? Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. With all the changes they've made, 
I mean, there's there's <laughs> weight differentials and other factors, but I I don't know if it's drastically better than mine. Well, take, I mean, take your again, car and put and put a heat pump in it. Not that you can, and you would have the most efficient Model Three ever. <laughs> I mean, inefficient in certain aspects, yes, but I still I still know that um, you know, there are things in the new cars that I'm like. And and given how much more expensive the cars are now, yeah, I'd be like, you know what, I'm I'm good with mine. But I do have I do, I do have that buyer's remorse of like, what if I got one now? It'd be so nice. I mean, <laughs> yes, and and it, I probably would go Model Y this time just because um, my significant other likes it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for what it was at the time, man, that Model Three could not be. Picked oh up. no, that 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 first no Model way. Three is a jewel, and they're uh, they're highly sought after. Long range, real wheel drive Model Three is. Very much sought after. I'm not selling my car. <laughs> not saying you should. <laughs> it if, sits. It sits in my dr- in the parking lot for the longest time because I work from home. Mm-hmm. But no, somebody could somebody could walk to my door with. Well, I shouldn't say an offer. I couldn't refuse because there are certainly some that everybody like, has a price, Eric. Right. I mean, some people pay a thousand dollars for a jar of fart, um, which I guess I guess you can call it a jart. A jart. <laughs> a jart. <laughs> and if, if, makes, and yeah. if you're the person who did it, did you jarted? I mean, I'm just curious. Oh my gosh, these are conversations we have. Well, if it makes it feel better, win one for the old guys. Um, the guys at Car Wow in the UK that do mm-hmm. a lot of cool videos on Teslas and they do all the drag racing and tests and everything. They ran a 2018 Performance Model Three against a 2021 to see which would be quicker, and it turns out the old car beats the new one. I was very happy. Damn oh, right, nice. buddy. <laughs> Chalk one up <laughs> for us guys who paid the big money up front for the old tech. So there's there there was a win there. <clears throat> well, I think it's all good news. Keep improving, guys, because you know you don't mm-hmm. want to go stale. All right, uh, let's move on here. We got a couple more like things we want to talk about. <laughs> CES is currently underway. CES is turning into a car show now these days. All the new EVs get introduced there, and uh, not to be outdone, um, Mary led. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. I just had to. There's one for Kim. Yes, yes, yes. I just had to. Well, here's the website, guys. Chevrolet has done the impossible. Well, they actually joined the club with everybody else. They've introduced the Silverado EV, which is an electric version of their venerable Silverado pick-it-up truck. Um, except it's not really Silverado. It's, um, it's, it's an avalanche, if you ask me. Unibody construction. Looks really sharp. And at first I was like, eh, not too sure. But you know what? The more I look at this thing, the more I'm impressed. Up to a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, four wheel steering, um, something they call Altify, which is their new platform, I, I guess, for software updates and all that fun stuff. So it remains to be seen how well that's going to turn out. Up to 400 mile range, 660 horsepower, zero to 60, uh, four and a half seconds, under four and a half seconds. 780 foot-pounds of torque, up to 10,000 pounds of towing capacity, with a future car being able to go up to 20,000 pounds. The base car, uh, we'll talk about the um, the uh, specs on the cars here in a moment. Hey, up to a 10-foot bed on there, because they've actually put a pass-through in the uh, in the passenger compartment. So not only does the lift gate drop down, but you can actually drop the seats in the second row down, fold the back down, and now you can put a 10-foot couch in the back. Ah, nothing wrong with that. They got a pretty neat website. I encourage you to go and check it out. I'll put links in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Uh, five foot eleven uh, inch bed in the back, just uh, a little shorter than what the ty- Cybertruck is supposed to be at six and a half feet, but that's okay. 
Um, has a Duriger front trunk, much like the uh, Ford Lightning, which is good. It looks a little smaller than the Ford Lightning. It's powered, of course, which is uh, which is nice. Um, Four-wheel steering, as I said, mentioned before. It's got some driver assistance features. Got the big touch screens, uh, all glass roof, all kinds of neat stuff. Anyways, I think this is... Uh, listen, if, if I wasn't a Cybertruck guy and I was comparing um, and wanting a pickup truck between this and the Lightning, I would choose this. My personal opinion. Everybody has a different opinion. Not, I mean, still lots of buttons on the inside, but I'm seeing less buttons than some uh, traditional cars that I've seen. Um, how the infotainment and the software works out, mm, you know, these car companies not been the best. Tesla has set a pretty high standard. They're not perfect. We'll talk about that here soon. But uh, anyways, it, it looks pretty good. Um, compared to the Ford Lightning, the Lightning has that really neat... Um, center console thing that folds down so you can put the laptop in and all that fun stuff. So a little bit of a miss there, but at least you get the phone charging and all that fun stuff. And it looks sharp. Unibody construction. Um, I always liked the Avalanche. I thought it was pretty cool looking. Um, you know, wouldn't be an electric pickup truck without a light bar in the front. So there you go. Anyways, what do you guys think? You like it? I know you're not a pickup truck guy, but compared to what's out there, I mean, this is exciting. Pickup truck's going electric, man. I'm Where, where's Dodge. Go ahead. Go ahead. Eric. No, please, Ian. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm far from being a truck guy, although I love I love having a truck when I need a truck. I mean, you know, when you need a truck, you need a truck. <laughs> Pretty much all I can say on the matter. But yeah, I, I think it's fantastic that it's a serious effort, that it's attractive. Um, it's got a lot of really innovative features. And, you know, I know we're all Tesla fans and we have to hate on everybody that that does that doesn't have a T on the hood. But honestly, I'm going to give them points for this one. Yeah. Um, I really think they, they smashed it out of the park with this thing. Uh, obviously it's going to be very pricey to start, so it's not helpful for somebody who needs a basic work truck, but I, they'll get there. What, what, what this does is it shows the viability of it and then they can work their way down to getting more affordable vehicles for, for the everyday worker Joe type guy or girl. And, um, I, I, I I just see pluses across the board with it. I, I think it's a great effort. And more than anything else, you need to have different brands to appeal to different consumers. You can't take over the world with one brand of vehicle. As, as, as human beings are very tribal. We like our brands, you know. So if you're if you're a Chevy or a GMC guy or girl, you're going to want to buy a Chevy or a GMC EV. So it's important that they offer them. Same thing with Ford. All, all of the brands, you know, it's super super important that they take this seriously and they go for it. And there's been a lot of lip service and a lot of yada yada. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. These things are now going into production. They are serious about it. And you know, as as uh, we were talking privately in our chat earlier today, I, I like to applaud the American companies for at least really producing something. There's been a lot of chatter from a lot of the OEMs all around the world, like, yeah, 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 we've got 25 new models coming. Show me the money. Yep. This is money. This is going to be built. Yep. This is You're, you're going to be driving these in two years. Yeah, they're introducing this as a 2024 model uh, in the fall of 2023. So next year, this car is yep. going in. Um, go. They're going to have various different price points. The base price that you might have seen online at $39.9, that's what, what they call the work truck edition, which is only going to mm -hmm. be sold to fleets. You will not be able to buy that car unless you're in a fleet. So expect to spend anywhere from fifty to one hundred and seven thousand yeah. dollars, depending on the trim level. The next trim level is fifty thousand on the LT. They have an LTZ at twenty at uh, seventy five thousand, a Trail Boss eighty five thousand, High Country at ninety thousand, the RST one hundred and seven thousand. The RST is obviously going to be like the Ford Raptor, and, and we're talking all of the U.S. dollars, right, Trev? Yes, of course, always because okay. most of the people are listening here. So there we go, <clears throat> Eric. I know you're not yes. a truck guy. You're not a truck. I'm my turn. All right. So um, I will uh, poo-poo on what Ian said as far as uh, we're, <laughs> we, we all 
we all um, denigrate and that was one. Of the, I forgot what the terminology was that like if it's not a t, if there's no T on the hood, we we pretty much don't care for it. Um, That's I'm, not true. I know, I know, I know. You were jokingly saying that, but I want to make clear to our audience that is not inherently true. We are EV advocates. Period. We think the most superior of all the EVs made is Tesla, but that's not to say that any EV that's out there is not um, a really good car, um, because you'll never hear us say that on the show. Just want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. No, um, and, and, and just to, to clarify, I, that's never been my position from day one. I'm completely the opposite of that. But no. in, within the community, there's there's a lot of people who think that way. <laughs> right, right. say it. So, so with that being said, now let me go on to my larger point, which is number one, um, we were chatting uh, offline for our wonderful audience. Let's break the fourth wall here. Um, we were chatting earlier today uh, before we taped our show that um, we were sort of going back and forth on things like this, right? And and I'm, I'm the kind of person that feels like, like I will at least if asked by a person, hey, what should I get if I'm thinking of getting away from ice and going into electric? Um, should I get a hybrid? Should I go fully electric? What are my options here? Now, I'm the person that says, if you currently drive ice and your goal is to eventually rid yourself of big oil and gas and all that, then to me, hybrid, while a step forward, is still not enough. No. If you're going to go electric, go electric. And we're seeing more available options in the market today than we've ever seen before in history. And while you know Tesla is a premium electric car, you can still get a reasonable, efficient electric car from a number of manufacturers in the market. Now- Here's where things become problematic for most consumers. It's not so much an availability issue. It's more about a cost issue as well as, well, I don't understand the market, so I don't want to really get into it. And I say that because there was a study that just came out, a survey of consumer autos. And what they found, and they did, and they surveyed different countries, Korea, China, India, uh, US, and so forth. So... 69% of those surveyed would not get anything other than an ICE car for their next car. 69%. Yeah. 17% said they would go hybrid electric. 5% would do plug-in hybrid. And then 5% strictly a BEV, a battery electric. And so what that survey tells me and they and they explain that you know most people it's range anxiety it's charging infrastructure and, and we understand that and i will say that in 2022 now some of those arguments are really bad arguments to make now if you're talking you know 5 8 years ago yeah. i get it right but like in 2022 when we're hearing these numbers from ford with their pickup truck we're hearing now these numbers with the chevrolet Silverado. 400 like we're at a point now where range anxiety should not be a thing those two words should not coexist unless you're reading in a wikipedia article written seven years ago um so that that stuff i think it needs to be an education opportunity for those who are sort of experiencing that because i'm gonna go why why do you feel that what are you driving now what are your daily commutes like how like these are not conversations that are hard and most ev owners know that because maybe at some point they felt that way but they talked to people, they did their homework, and they're like, yeah, that's that's not a thing I feel anymore. We're all good. And they're now sharing that comfort level with others. But that number there, 69% still thinking ICE, that's insane. Now, I think part of that problem is the legacy automakers themselves, which we talked about earlier, is they're not producing enough vehicles and making those offerings realistic. 
because we hear every damn year in auto shows, oh, this car is going to have this thing or this prototype or they're going hydrogen fuel cell and all this other BS. And what happens is they realize either market studies prove there's no valid interest in it or they're not going to make their sales figures or they've already dumped too much money into a failed program. So they just scrap it in the hell with it. And I really feel like we, the consumers, whether we're currently EV owners or if we're interested and maybe eventually going to be full EV owners and we have ice and hybrids now, you are the reason we still have ice cars in mass numbers. If you want to buy these vehicles, then you can start making that decision with your wallets. And you can choose to tell these automakers, listen, I want electric. I love this brand of car. If you can make this an electric, I'd be all in all the way. We know there are a lot of people who maybe would never have bought a certain brand of car, but if they're now producing electric pickups or they're now going to produce an electric uh, passenger vehicle, they might go, I've always wanted one, but never before. But if they're going to go electric, yeah, you just might convince me to buy it. The We need to also encourage dealers to basically tell the automakers, listen, I get you want to give me these cars, but I really want to start getting more EVs on my lot. Because I really feel like if we have those as an offering, we're more likely to get it. It's like grocery stores. If you go to a smaller grocery store that has like three kinds of toilet paper, you're not going to freak your mind out because they don't have the one you want because it's not plush enough, right? <laughs> Where's the one that's seven ply? I, the one that's three ply is not enough. But if you literally go to a larger grocery chain, you stand there for the longest time figuring out what are my best options. So I feel like if we start getting rid of ice, like just they just say, you know what, we're just, we're just going to kill it off. Like Ford did. Most passenger cars, we're just going to kill them off. We're just not even going to deal with it. It's very alarming for some people. But that's the change that's required if we're going to really combat climate change, if we're going to stop being dependent on big oil, if we're going to have these surveys flip the numbers where it's like 10% might go ice, but like overwhelmingly, you know, 60, 70% are going to go electric. We need to shift what's available and what we're designing. And it starts with the auto automakers just deciding, yeah, we're going to kill that type of car and we're going to go electric. Because we have the means to do it. We have the resources. We know how to do that. We're hiring engineers from all these different companies like Tesla and Apple. We can do that. Then F it. Go do it. If you do that, we're going to change these things all around. But until such time, we're stuck in this meandering circle, this whirlpool of shit. This is going to happen every year because people are like, oh, I just want to do it simple. Yeah. Gas cars are not simple. If you think about what it costs the average consumer to repair their car every year, shit. Go electric. <laughs> It's so much better. Performance is better. It's cleaner. It's so much more fun. You get better acceleration, better performance, fewer moving parts, fewer repairs. It's amazing. Yes. Ah, but therein lies the problem. And it, <gasps> it touches upon right in the center of your argument was mm -hmm. we got to convince the dealers. Uh, to, to go you took the, the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. They don't want to do that. Their bread and no. butter, what really keeps the doors open and yes. the lights on to a large degree is their service. service. Yeah. So you're you're taking that off. It's very hard for them. I, I think the smarter ones have realized the writings on the wall. They're going to have to adapt their business model. Um, you know, I've talked to a few of them where they're already planning for the shift. They're they're investing more in like you know doing suspension alignments, things that are common on all vehicles, whether they're electric or gas, as well mm -hmm. as uh, body shop stuff. I mean, we were talking to Sandy yeah. Monroe, and that was an interesting one. You know, it's like okay, a lot of them farmed out their body shop stuff because it's like we need more space for lifts to do oil changes and whatever all else. You know, and now they realize no, we it's we got to bring that back in house. Exactly. I, would, so. I will pivot that argument on this one thing. If you think about what Tesla had to do for its service program, because it wasn't, they didn't have enough capacity 
between employees and facilities to repair their cars on the road, right? Because then all of a sudden, like three and Y's out, they have all these new drivers on the roads and they can't get through their service requests fast enough. So what do they do? Mobile service. Even if the idea of basic maintenance services, which I think is the larger argument for these service centers um, that are for legacy automakers, it's like routine stuff, tire rotations, balancing, alignments, oil changes, that like that basic stuff, that's what they want their service for. Because vehicle repairs and warranty coverages and all that stuff, that happens all the time regardless. To me, if these uh, facilities are going electric and they are functioning like Tesla service does, they're not going to have a shortage of vehicles in their facilities getting repairs done. Um, and I think it's a matter of just what your offerings are. But as far as a cost issue, I, I just don't see that being a problem if they're replacing ICE with electric and they're still servicing the cars at the same rate that Tesla is doing theirs. Yeah. The, the reason I understand your thinking and, mm -hmm. and it's sound, it's the thing is Tesla started with basically a huge deficit in service capability yeah. compared to the number of cars they were putting on the road. So sure. Tesla cars require markedly less service per, per vehicle compared to any of the ICE cars. It's just they started with so few locations to service them, they were always underwater. And that's why they had to do mobile and everything else. And they're still playing catch up today. They, yes. they still don't have enough capacity. But it's a function of they have so few stores. If you to go and look at the number of Ford or GM stores in North America, it's like there's 10 times as many, 20 times as many, whatever the number is. So there's a vast, vast oversupply of uh, service bays per vehicle built uh, when you compare it to what EVs require. So it, it, it will, there will be a surplus. Yeah. Like if they don't change their model, they're, they're going to have half their lifts are going to be empty. Yeah, yeah but it's, I, it's a fixable problem. Yeah, it's, it's certainly that. And I also think too, like some of these automakers, a lot of them, because they have more vehicle models available now that can go electric. I think that if you take what Tesla does, which is really a finite number of vehicles, the, the, let me clarify the number of models, because the number of models Tesla really has four in production right now, yeah. two of which are really like the sellers of all things. Um, but with that being said, if Ford, GM, uh, you know, uh, Mercedes, like if all these companies, uh, Daimler Chrysler, if all these companies really do what they're capable of doing with the number of cars they actually have, then I think that, yes, then you're going to have a need to have all the service centers because you're going to have so many electric cars that you're producing. You need to have that widespread number. Whereas Tesla says, well, we don't need as many service centers because we also don't have the millions and millions and millions and millions of cars that they can produce every single year. So I, I think I think the numbers will eventually play themselves out to balance that way. But right now, I think there's there's credibility to your argument. I just feel like it's not a hard thing to fix in a very short time frame if Legacy wanted to go that way. Uh, I want to make one more point before we move on because we're running a little bit long here. Um, both GM and Ford individually spend about $2 billion each per year on advertising. And Tesla spends this much. So we, we look at um, our side of the fence here and we say, okay, well, Tesla doesn't need to advertise. The car sells themselves. It's a community. The cars sell themselves um, in, in that sense, right? Um, I think what's going to be positive as far as the transition, because this has always been an argument that we need education on the, the user's part. Like you were just saying, Eric, I mean, less than 6 or 7% want to go to full BEV. And other than the dealers, which is a separate issue altogether, but these guys are going to be advertising. And yeah, they don't advertise a lot right now on their current cars because they really have anything to sell, 
right? Bolt has been mm-hmm. pushed off to the side. But as more cars come on, I mean, we, we just talked about the Silverado. They also announced the EV version of the Equinox. And then there's another variant of it too, and I forget what it's called. But anyways, GM now has three cars, three different models coming out at least next year, probably more coming. This is just CES after all. We've got more car shows coming. So I think in the public's mind's eye, it takes advertising. Tesla doesn't advertise, right? Not everybody knows. I mean, people heard the name Tesla, but not a lot of people have driven them. So I think these guys are going to do a lot of good for the market in getting the, the word out that these cars are real and you can buy them. And then, you know, there, there'll be some spillover, of course, into Tesla because some people start to cross shop at that point. But I think it's good in a lot of ways. Tesla wants to spend their money on R&D. They don't want to do the advertising thing. That's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But the other guys are going to spend their money <clears throat> in, in promoting their cars. And, of course, that, that, that will be part of the education. Now, the dealers, it's sink or swim. Uh, they're going to have to get on board. And if they're going to get on board, they got to get educated. Right now, they don't have anything to sell, so they can't really be bothered. But as more and more models come out and you start to see them on the show floors, uh, they'll they'll get on board. The service issue, listen, the one thing about dealers, they'll figure out a way to make money. I, I'm not worried about the dealers. They'll figure it out. All right, having said that, I think it's time for us to spend a little time and talk about version 11, also known as the holiday update. Um, okay, so last year... We got a holiday update, and Elon made it out to be fire hot. And uh, obviously, we were all pretty disappointed because, eh, well, it wasn't all that hot. And uh, a year went by, and well, he actually promised there was going to be a second part to it. Well, that never materialized, unless you called this one <laughs> what really materialized. And then, this was uh, harder. Yeah, exactly. So this is officially known as version 11. Um, I don't know what the release number is right now. I think it's 44, 44.30 now. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's quite what we currently have. So everybody was uh, really looking forward to this. There's been lots of leaked pictures and all the other stuff. And then, bam, it dropped on everybody's uh, lap. And I, I, I think I will have to say that overwhelmingly the response to this uh, update has been very negative. Uh, I'm going to generalize here a little bit, but I think this is one of the rare missteps on Tesla's part. I think... I don't have a problem with the look of it. It, it looks fine. Uh, it's the usability that has issues. And I think the overarching story about this update, if you really look at it, is decluttering. Um, they took a lot of stuff off of the main screen. Driver profiles are not there anymore. You can't click on the map to see your supercharger anymore. They they basically put everything behind at least one or two taps. It, it feels like a paywall. And my opinion here is that they, they, they went too far. They went too far. Um, and Elon did reply to our friend uh, Raj and said that there was going to be um, a lot of user interface tweaks. I'm paraphrasing here at this point. Um, that are coming soon. So I think... Listen, Tesla watches our forum. They look at the internet. They follow Tesla Twitter. They got an earful. Even though we don't have an official way of giving Tesla feedback, I'm sure they've heard us pretty loud and clear. So I have very high confidence that this stuff will get sorted out. But yeah, I think the overwhelming thing is like, uh, who who spent time testing this damn thing actually in a car? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do have a screenshot for those of you who may not have seen the update. I don't have a problem with the settings. They look fine and stuff. But things like, you know, he got rid of driver profile. I was, lo- I was looking for driver profiles for like the longest time because yeah. it's a common thing. My wife will get into the car and because her phone is tied to the car, it'll check, it, it'll select her driver profile. And I get in mine and then I have to go back and switch it. So if you're going to hide the driver profile, 
on the screen here, if you see it, that says easy entry, that's on mm -hmm. the, uh, that's, that's where your driver profile is now. You have to tap on car settings, then tap that menu to get at your driver profiles. You, before it was just the button at the top of the screen. It's one of the most common buttons that I use on the car all the time because of the fact that she gets in and I get in mm -hmm. and, and I have to pick a different profile. Um, a lot of this stuff, if, listen, if you want to take it off the main screen, it's easy, it's an easy fix. Every time somebody gets into the driver's side, have a drop, have a pop-up menu come up. Mm -hmm. Give us the option to choose it. And if you don't choose it and you put it into drive, it just stays where it is. But give us the opportunity, if you're going to bury something, give us another user interface to at least make it a little bit easier so we don't have to go and double tap. There's oh, many, so many, annoying. many, many examples of crap like this in the user interface that just doesn't make any bloody sense. So anyways, all right, let's go rant. <laughs> so I will... I will, I will say this. I think um, I agree with a lot of the viewers uh, and commenters on the interwebs who really had some criticisms, whether they were constructive or not. That's a different conversation. By the way, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Sure. Any of our criticisms on this show about the software is not for the sake of just being critical. It's because we want them to improve. Mm -hmm. so just a little disclaimer there. Little disclaimer. Um, so, so to that end, I will say that when I first saw the update, because I, I knew that um, some people got sneak peek first, and then within a matter of hours, I was like laying in bed at night. I got the download. I was like, Hee -hee. so, so I, I was like, sure, I it's Christmas, this. right? Why not? And I didn't, I didn't see it till the next day. Um, what, what initially threw me aback was I, I already knew going into the car uh, after it was installed that there were some things now hidden. And there were like two taps away versus just one tap. Yep. Now, aesthetically, I, that doesn't bother me as much. So in part, for example, there are people who will create folders on their tablets or phones to sort of like bundle apps together in a folder. And it's like, I just want this off of my purview. Functionally speaking, this is not that different, right? Like you could keep the app on your main screen and say, well, I always want to open, you know, my app store app. Okay, fantastic. You can keep it there or you can pop into a folder. It's still the idea that number one, you're making that choice when you do that. So you already know I'm placing this here. So yeah, it's gonna take an extra step, but I know that and there's a reason why I'm doing that. When these updates happen, we have zero quantitative say in what happens. Yeah. And so we're now seeing the updates and we're like, well, wait, where, where's, where's the thing? Like we're told there's changes, but we don't know exactly like where everything moved to. So the discovery process and finding out how obnoxious that is when like, I could swipe to see my air pressure with a card. Now I can't, I have to go to my yeah, control settings and see that. So there's all these different changes. And I think it's the shock factor mm -hmm. that either excites you or pisses you off. <laughs> and a lot of people vented their frustration like, why would you do this to me on Christmas, you jerk? Um, so there's that. But I think there's, I think there's a lot of positive out of this. And I'll tell you a couple things why. One is that the way they thought about moving things, like I thought the the customizable uh, the shortcuts bar. on the bottom, yeah. that I thought was great, yes, right? I and there's I, there's ideas for that. How great would it be if you could drop your easy entry and have your driver uh, profile so you're settings? you the there. words right out of my mouth, right? No, I, right, right. <clears throat> so, but I'm, but I'm saying that like there there at least this leads to the conversation of well, people liked this option. What if we added some functionality to make that a little bit better for other stuff that they may want to kind of pin? So there's that. I like the idea of sort of cleaning the main interface, like kind of getting some of the clutter out because I always thought it was too busy. 
right? Um, there's just a lot going on. And if you're trying to tap, for example, like Bluetooth, your finger might slip and all of a sudden you're hitting HomeKit or you're like, it just, there's a lot really tight and close on the map when I'm like, I don't, I don't need all of that. So what would be very helpful, and we'll see if Elon eventually gets this with his developers, is the option to drag and move certain things from their home location to make it kind of like a favorite. Um, sort of like just a place where I can put up through four icons on the map or have them in the bottom on the main screen. Just something like that to allow at least for those who do want quick access to their tire pressure, have that as just a tap away. I think that would be the improvement. But overall, I think this is doable and workable. I just think that the shock is what initially sets people to back and they just have that critique off the outset and go, I don't like it. I, I agree with you 100%. My, and, and I'll just get this through here. Ian, you know, Ian, I'll let you talk here in a second real quick. Um, when I first saw the taskbar and the fact that the, you can customize it, I was like, okay, I can see the direction of this. However, when they went too far and started burying a lot of things, my initial thought was like, okay, well, why don't you give us the ability as a subset to grab some? You don't want every option that's available in the right. car, but a lot of common ones, give us a little icon beside it as well, this is something you can put down there or whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. you can customize the interface down on the, along the bottom. There's a lot of wasted space down there. Like, why do we have to have two temperatures? Uh, it was fine the way it was before. Right, so there's a lots and lots of, of of waste. I'm not saying we we need 15 icons down on the bottom. I'm just saying that give us the ability to take the most common things that we would want, put them down on the bottom, have them saved in the driver profile, have them go to the cloud as well. So then when we switch cars, all that shit follows us. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential here. It's just that maybe there was a rush to get it out. I think Tesla employs a lot of agile software development, so it's like get it out there and keep iterating, iterating. Like we only got. Uh, waypoints in that navigation like what a month ago mm -hmm. maybe a month and a half and then now we can edit them we didn't have that mm -hmm. at first but the and they did it right they did it very well mm -hmm. so it shows that they're they're capable of, of moving very quickly but some like when i was playing with this in the car i was just like man some developer must have had an emulator or a model 3 screen beside him and he's playing with it but he never used it in the car because as soon as you get in the car it's a different animal altogether anyways ian yeah, I'm, I'm going to put on my little hippie road color, uh, rose colored glasses and say I actually found overall it, there were a lot of improvements. My, you know, like when it first came on, I was one of the first ones. Oh, look, I got my new eye. Yeah, and I, I like this. I like this. I like this. Of course, driving around, I realized what a lot of the complaints were. And yeah. I'm on board now with the complaints. So I'm 50 50 with it. But um, let's talk about what I think are some of the major wins. And I mean, they may sound insanely simple to you, but it drove me insane when they expanded the FSD window to take up more real estate. The media player buttons got so far away, me with my little T-Rex arms, I was like constantly pressing like the, I don't like this button or something, or the reversing. I could I'm never no, get the play I'm button. I'm no matching you in the car. Like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I can't, I can't it's it. I'm telling you, I couldn't reach the bloody play button. I, more often than not, I would be hitting play media on the steering wheel rather than trying to reach over there, like not, you know, and crashing into the next lane. Like it was, and I'm not the only one who complained about this. It got ridiculous. It's like, why are you taking the radio buttons and moving them over to the passenger side of the car? This mm -hmm. is idiotic. So that was fixed. And I, a hugely, uh, huge improvement there. Um, Likewise, I like the new speedometer. Like it's a new font. It's completely at the left side. It's like as close as you can physically be mm -hmm. on the corner of the screen to where your eye yeah, is. I find it much easier to read because at one point they'd moved it around. They made it smaller. It Did you notice they bolded some of the fonts for us older guys? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. 
you know, plus you now have the comparison, right, between uh, the speed limit and your actual speed. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff that they've gone on. The only thing I don't get, and I'm reiterating what you guys said, is it, it looks like Bridget took her Dyson to the screen. It's like somebody got way, <laughs> way over the top with the cleanup on this. Yeah, thing. It's yeah. like, guys, decluttering is okay, but don't strip it bare. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they went too far. Yeah. I think, I, I think the, like, the, like the media player, you tap on it and it goes full screen. Yeah. And then it doesn't dismiss. Like there's no... Yeah, one third. It's like full screen. Yeah, yeah. Or that was a good option. You can have it. Like, yeah, wait, or it's exactly. just a sliver so, down there. And I like the I like the drop down to select your audio source. I do yeah. like that. Yeah. That's nice. So, yeah. Hmm. so and, I, and I like the new, I like the new charging interface. Honestly, I th I, I didn't need make, to have make, to like plug in the car and see like the massive large window. Like, bro, uh, you're connected. Got it. Give me a green I'm, signal. I'm used to that now. Like just this simple stuff. I, yeah. I wish the font was a little bit bigger because now they put it at the top of the screen is so small. I'm like. Well, you can't read it from outside of the car, which like if you were in a hurry, it was nice to be able to turn around. Is it actually charging? Because I mean, how many times does that happens? Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of on. things in there. Um, like the media, again, I listened to most of the media I listened to in the car is through Spotify. So when you got it minimized down on the bottom, uh, there's no, it's really hard to put your thumb or your your finger on the thumb to, to, to scrub. It's literally yeah. one pixel thick. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. I mean, make it green, well, we another got color, TikTok, make it thicker. Bro. Yeah. No, not in Canada. <laughs> oh. And and again, <laughs> we Eric, might as well Eric's have SCTV, like, you know? Mm -hmm. Eric won't appreciate this so much, but I mean, the, for any of us in the North, I think the biggest sin they committed the was, was the seat heaters. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's driving yeah, everybody. That's nice. The auto setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm all in on the auto setting. Auto I think works. it was brilliant. But give me the choice of actually tapping it on straight up on the screen. Like it shouldn't yeah. be two touches to get to the thing. Yeah. Like that was idiotic because there's so much wasted space down there now. Like anyway, I, I'm hoping like you guys that some of the stuff you'll be able to drag back. Like, you know, there's tons of room to put bring, the driver. Bring back some back cards, there. please. Bring back yeah, the some cards. of the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, yes, I know. I like I can, watching I can, my TPMS. Same here. Oh, you're kidding? Mr. <laughs> How often do you think I check tire pressure during a drive? Exactly. So yeah, the card thing was like a tiny little swipey. Like, yeah, like, that was too much space. Like, really? You couldn't afford well, those three I, pixels of... I think, I think I know why part of that went away. Okay. So I, I had probably at least 50 times when the cards were first available where um, they stopped functioning. Where like I couldn't I couldn't get in the swipe or the phone card would stay stuck and I couldn't I had a lot of issues with that I don't know if the software was buggy enough and they had enough bug reports for that they said you know what we need we just need to kill it it's just it's too glitchy there's not enough oh. issues we can't seem to fix it because I'm telling you even with every new update it never like fixed permanently I always had some strange mm. gap every once in a while where I'm like this card is not showing why am I not getting it like I see the dots they're there but get nothing um. So, I mean, I think the, I think it's because of just how many changes there were. Like we talked, like Trevor mentioned at the outset of the segment, we had a very itsy bitsy teeny weeny update last year. And people were like, oh, come on, man. This is, this supposed to be Christmas. What's going on? And then they get the big one this year. Oh, come on, man. It's Christmas. What are you doing? Like you can't, <laughs> you, can't you can't appease both of these audiences. Um, well, but everybody think, likes I the think, light show. That was pretty well received. Yeah, that's yeah. Huge. And, that was, that and was now, awesome. And all the videos of people putting and, their and custom you can make your own now. Like, what's not yeah. the light? Yeah. yeah. 
just make sure it's not inside the same drive for your century videos. Oh, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to like, I think with Ian, you know, I, I'm, I'm more on the, I like a lot more of it than I don't like it. That's just me. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm big on you. Give me like when windows 11 came out, you give me a big UI update. Oh I'm like, yes, give it to me again. Um, but yeah, there's, there's room for improvement. Elon indicated that I'm sure we'll get some feedback from people and then we'll see what they do from there. I don't think they're going to go stepping backwards into what they had before. That would be senseless, but I think they can make some improvements on what has been implemented. Give, give me the sliding cards back, the consumption and tire pressure. Give me driver profile at the top. I hate you me, so much. And, and give me seat heaters at the bottom. Yeah, that's I'm, it. I'm good. That's all I want. I, I would pro- I would agree with Ian 100%. By the way, I put a screen up here for you guys watching. Uh, this is where your TPMS now. So it's literally two yeah. taps away. So, yeah. yeah. You got to uh, put some air in your tires. <laughs> this is not my, <laughs> this is 36 fahrenheit this is not my car friend <laughs> Ooh, yeah seriously yes actually that reminds me i gotta put some air in my tires yes you're absolutely right i do but this is not my screenshot but so, i also like too that there were things that were like in different configuration menus that have been moved together that make more sense yes being absolutely together. yeah yeah like here under like here under service you're seeing basically everything that is like the owner's manual headlights mm-hmm. all, that's there was some stuff that were in different places I'm like yeah, why like is one. that there that yeah. You wouldn't logically think that would go under that menu, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know they they fixed some. No, stuff they, they, they've they've definitely cleaned up the settings panel, yeah. which is which is wonderful, and I have basically no complaints about that. Like but, upgrades is now separate, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. But they've they've moved so much stuff. It's just like uh, it feels like Windows Eleven. It's just like, did you really have to do this? You you guys and your NIMBYs and get off my lawn crowd. Just <laughs> stop, grow like. Put your big boy pants on and relax. <laughs> go enjoy. Go take a walk. The weather's nice now. No, like, it's go not. Do it's something. minus 10. Listen, that's beaver weather. Come on. <laughs> get out there. Go for a walk. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we've been at this for a while now. I think it's time for us to uh, pretty much sign off. But um, anything in closing you guys want to talk about until we get together next time? Yes. I want to put in a plug for our friends at Test Calendar. Yes. You can get your new 2022 test calendar go and look in the show links and if you're very nice maybe you'll get this super cool little christmas tree ornament which is obviously a little late now but there's always next year excellent go get one of those yes sorry eric we didn't get you some of these it's fine uh i'm a 44 <laughs> year old american male that does not need decals stickers and window clings in my life <laughs> come on you gotta okay. put one on your fridge well if you had a chevy volt well, bolt, well you, i have a stainless steel fridge and there's anyway. no magnetic front so that's that's useless <laughs> okay yeah well having said that um i think we'll let eric go first where can people find you if they want to have a chat with you if you want to stalk me, I'm sorry, follow me on the internet. Um, I am on Twitter at the handle ECFIX, E-C-F-I-X. And um, I would say that there's more to offer, but I'm just a pathetic, sad person. So that's it. <laughs> We're surviving COVID. How about you, Ian? Right. Well, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is at Ian Pavelko. Uh, you can look me up at Tesla Owners Online if there's anything I can help with in technical questions, specifically wheels and tires. That's what I get paid to do. And the handle there is Mad Hungarian. And finally, if you're looking for something in the way of um, fun Tesla-related uh, wear, you can go to my uh, Teespring shop, T-E-E-Spring, all one word, Dot com. Look up Mad Hungarian Evolve Wear, and you will find um, T-shirts and uh, mugs and other fun things that support the EV cause. 
Excellent. Um, I want to sign off and say thank you to our sponsors, the guys at Evanex, Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings, and the guys at Abstract Ocean. We're doing some reads for those guys. Got some really neat products and stuff. Uh, listen, if you want to follow me, I'm very active on Twitter. The handle is Tesla Owners Online. You can also go to our forum at teslaownersonline.com, the best and friendliest place to talk about all things Tesla. Got some new stuff. Hey, we got even a new look if you want. We've updated it for 2022. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for joining and watching. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you later, guys. Bonsoir tout le monde. Wear your mask, please. Yeah, you don't, you don't want COVID like I got. Get not boosted. <laughs> no farts in jars. Oh, please, bad, please. Bad.